Good morning. How Good are you? Good morning, everybody. Uh, how is everybody this morning? Well, uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, <laughs> we do have an Arizona man that has registered a swarm of bees as an emotional support animal. <laughs> They're just screwing with this stuff now. I love it. Uh, That's we, just a I, troll, I assume, right? Uh, well, he was trying to make the point that it's too easy uh, to have emotional support animals. That's a good way to and make it. So he he had his beehive, a swarm of bees, designated. That <laughs> <laughs> really makes me laugh. I love this. Like the guy. soothing we need thing to get of this guy yeah. on. Let's, Sarah, come in and see if we can get this guy on. I love this. The bees swarming around your head. Yeah. Like that's a soothing <laughs> thing for somebody. And everybody else on the plane's freaked out. <laughs> you know, it's it's similar though to the way we treat colleges, right? Where like 90% of people are thinking one way, but there's the one person who doesn't like the nativity scene or right. whatever. Yeah. And it's like, that's what this is, right? Why do we, we're, why are we addressing? It seems like our society now should say, yeah, the B guy, he's the one we should honor here. <laughs> In our society, yes. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. (laughs) Welcome to the program. Hello, America. It is uh, Thursday. Let's see. Do we start with the IG hearings that nobody in the press is taking seriously? Or do I tell you about the Arizona (laughs) man who has registered a swarm of bees as emotional support animals. Can I start my meal with dessert today? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah you know? I'm with you. All right. This is the Glenn Beck program. I mean, Jesus might come before the end of the program today. We never know the hour. <laughs> we might as well have dessert. Uh, to know who you are, it's important to know where you came from. And this year, why not give the gift of 23andMe to somebody that you care about? Finding out where you're from and the people you came from is a priceless experience, one in which you will share with the entire family. I did it with my family, and it is it was really, truly an amazing bonding experience. Now, it's not just Ancestry Service. It's Ancestry and Health, and you'll get more than 150 personalized genetic reports, including insights uh, to your health. Now, with more than 1,500 geographic regions, 23andMe is the most comprehensive ancestry breakdown on the market. You don't pay for extra trait reports as well. They have traits uh, and their trait service, 30 trait reports included. It's easy to use. Automatic family tree builder will use your DNA to start building your family tree. This is truly a remarkable service. It's the Health and Ancestry Kit, now $70 at... uh, at uh, 23andMe.com slash Beck. That's now through December 25th, 23andMe.com slash Beck. 23andMe.com slash Beck. Order by the 16th, and you'll get it before Christmas. So the House is formally introducing the articles of uh, impeachment today. They're going to be debating those. Am I eating Brussels sprouts before my dessert? I requested dessert first today. An Arizona man's emotional support animal is creating quite a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> 
Prescott Valley, Arizona, resident David Keller thinks the application process to register an emotional support animal is too easy. So he's tried to register a swarm of bees as his <laughs> service pet. It worked. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people thought it was hilarious, and a lot of people were getting upset, Keller told the CBS affiliate. We recently went on a website called USAServiceDogRegistration.com and successfully uploaded a random photo of a beehive as a service animal to bring awareness to the issue that anyone could do this. So now, I want you to, I want you to understand, he <laughs> went to the USAServiceDogRegistration.com and he registered a beehive. So it's not even a dog. <laughs> There's no leashes that can be put on these. Well, if you have tiny leashes. Well, yeah, little teeny tiny leashes. What did they tell him when he tried to register? To buzz off? <laughs> uh, anyway, he was uh, inspired to go through the registration after seeing a service dog that was visibly untrained. He said, I could tell that it was not a service animal because it was pulling the owner to the parking lot. I was thinking, this is too easy. The website he used to register his swarm is just one of many that make the application process for emotional pets too easy, experts say. They're silly. They, they don't mean anything. You can pay for a registry on one of those websites, and basically you're paying for a piece of paper to put a name on a list. Um, training is how you can tell whether it's a service animal or not, and not all animals uh, can be trained. Bees mean, can be trained, all right. Sure they can. I mean, I don't see why not. Yeah. You, can you tell if they're sitting? You can't. You just can't see it. Sit. Right, like it could, could be sitting. Stay. I mean, if they're trained or not. Make honey. Is, yeah. And you get Make a little honey. teeny newspaper and you bat them on the nose if they, if they, I don't know, if do they, they've got to urinate. and Do bees poop? These are great questions. These are great. I mean, and, I, uh, and emotional support animals are in the eye of the bee holder. <laughs> Miniature horses remain clear to fly as services animals, although emotional support dogs in uh, tutus were recently booted off a flight after showing signs of distress. Now, for the first time, I have uh, I have an 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 actual service dog. We have trained killers that will <laughs> rip your throat out, uh, and they're it's true. I mean, yeah, and you know they are trained uh, and. You know, they're really, really good. Uh, and for the very first time, you know, he's got the vest and everything, and it's even red for Christmas time. But we, you know, we we bring him with the family, mm -hmm. usually wherever we go, unless we have been flying, you know, commercially. We'll take him in the car, or if we're lucky enough to fly privately or whatever, we'll do that. But we've not taken him on uh, the plane until they started loading horses on the plane. And then I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I, this is an actual service to the family. I'm taking this dog. And so we took him, and, you know, he's clearly a service dog. And he's like 100 pounds, but he has to sit at our feet. And getting him to sit, if he wasn't trained, he'd eat us. And he sat right at our feet and didn't move. The stewardesses were like, oh, my gosh, what a really good dog. And we're like, yeah, he, he is. Uh, and he sat and just laid underneath our feet the whole time. It was uncomfortable him for uncomfortable for us, but that's a service dog. 
I see these dogs walking in the airport now, and I see all these things, and I'm like, okay, that's that's not a service dog. But I'm not going to complain. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's I, cool. I don't care. Service dogs, too. There's a seemingly a line between service dogs, which are allowed pretty much anywhere, right? I mean, like, especially when you think of traditional service dog, you think of, you know, seeing eye dog, right? Like that. Uh, well, but no, but an emotional support dog now is the same. You can't. It's the same? There's no line there? You cannot take, you cannot refuse an emotional support animal. I mean, obviously, you know, this is why these things happen, right? I mean, wasn't I mean, we've seen some ridiculous examples. The swarm of bees is my favorite one. Oh, this is the greatest. <laughs> this is better than the horse. The horse yes. made it on a plane. I'd like this guy to take a jar of bees. <laughs> <laughs> Just hang a hive from the overhead <laughs> luggage compartment. Yeah. No, they've got to be with me the whole time. Mm. Just, you, Just so you relaxing. Listen to that buzz. <laughs> Everyone else is terrified. <laughs> this is a great example of our society, though. Right? I mean, you have, like, one person mm-hmm. who's upset at Santa Claus on the town square. Yeah. And everyone else just has to deal with it. Right. That's the emotional support be. And this should be the one that everybody in this society supports. Everyone should support yeah. the bee guy. Right. Because everyone else, sure, yes, they will be tortured and unhappy. But that's not what this is about. <laughs> this is about the one person who requested the one thing. Correct. And so they've got to fly next to you on a plane. I'd like to register a lot of bees. I think you should take his whole beehive, but break it up between his family. So they're all sitting with like a jar of bees. (laughs) (laughs) There's got someone's going to get this through. It'll actually work somewhere. If people keep trying, we should talk to this guy because I think he he probably has a plan. This guy's brilliant. Because look, I think we. This is the taking advantage of people's good nature. Americans have a good nature. And you know what? If you have trouble flying and it will be a little easier for you, to, if you can pet your dog on the flight, I'll give you a little emotional support, an emotional support dog, sure, whatever. That's, that's generally speaking the attitude here. And then you have people who are going to take it to the B level. Because every, there's so many people who just like their dog and want it on the flight. Which, again, is... I mean, I guess it's up to the airline or whatever. Yeah, I don't, but like, I don't it, really care. I'm allergic to dogs, believe it or not. I have a hard time petting uh, oh, really? Uno. Yeah, I have to wash my hands right out. Otherwise, I break out in hives and stuff. Ah. Yeah. Hives? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so <laughs> oh, it was unintentional. Yeah, That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and so I'm allergic to dogs and cats and everything else. Mm. So I, you know, I don't want to be sitting on an airplane full of animals. But, you know, okay. It's just like all it's right. going to be like a bus from Indiana Jones where like there's just chickens all oh, over yeah. the place and feathers flying it in your will face. Be. And like, it will there's be. There's a donkey in a cage in the <laughs> middle of the aisle. We have all cage. How, how dare, dare how you? How dare you? <laughs> how, how dare you put him in a cage? I'm calling how Greta. How dare you? I'm, I'm sorry, Greta. I didn't mean to get you up so early. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're coming back with Ben Sass. Uh, he has caused a... I don't know how many liberal heads to explode with his questioning yesterday uh, on the FISA abuse accusations. And I just want you to listen to him because he's not a guy who's been, you know, exactly all over Donald Trump as we got to support him no matter what. And they are hammering Ben Sass and say, well, looks like he just turned into a Trump guy. I want you to listen to his testimony and tell me how this can be interpreted at all about anything at all about Donald Trump. 
This is about your security. This is about the Fourth Amendment. This, there's, I don't think I have seen a more important uh, hearing and trial than this impeachment trial and all of the other things now with the IG report. I don't, this is it. This is truly last call for the Constitution. Because if this is just all swept under the rug, we're doomed. We're do- if they'll do this to a president and to a presidential campaign where they know everybody's going to be looking into it, what do you think they're going to do to you? Mm. It's really amazing. And uh, we had a lot of great senators yesterday in examination on this. The press it made this into nothing. I want you to listen to him and tell me this is nothing to be worried about. Do that in a second. So my pillow, an incredible company, incredible company. And Mike uh, Lindell is the owner of this, and he has a really great deal. His Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me talk about, rant and rave about uh, in the past. They are really, really soft. Uh, they're made from the best cotton in the world, the Giza cotton. Um, they're really durable. But I'm, I'm telling you, Dream Sheet is exactly the right name for them. Right now, you can buy one set and get one free plus free shipping with promo code BACK. If you have a sheet snob in your uh, family, and I will tell you, if someday I have to go to prison because I just have the wrong opinion, <sighs> I don't know how I'll sleep. On these sheets? Really? This is like sandpaper. Do you have any Giza Dream Sheets? I I am a sheet snob. If you have somebody who's a sheet snob in your family, this is a great Christmas gift. All my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Take my word for it. You're not going to want to send them back. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials to buy one pair of Giza Dream Sheets and get the second pair free plus free shipping. Also, deep discounts on all MyPillow products, all of them. Right now, just enter the promo code back or call 800-966-3117 for the great radio specials. Thank you from Mike Lindell. You'll... You'll thank me as well for telling you about it. Enter the promo code back at MyPillow.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Mm. Mike Lee's going to be joining us in 10 minutes. He'll be bringing his emotional support bees along with him. I mean, Sarah is yelling at me in my ear the whole time today. Sarah yeah, she oh, she doesn't like you. No, she really true. doesn't. She's worked with. How long have you worked with me now, Sarah? Sixteen years. Sixteen oh, years. God, that's so and depressing when you think about it, isn't it, Sarah? A you, little bit. Oh. You were mean to me. Wait a minute. You were mean to me when you first started, and you're still mean to me. I got to keep you in line. Somebody's yeah, I know. She's. It. I wish you could hear what she says to me. And we started the show, and then Stu and I were laughing about something, and in my ear, she's like, "Go, go." How about ta- <laughs> she goes? How about talking? <laughs> <laughs> and we then were talking just then, to each other off the air, right? And then just then, I uh, I, I heard her in my ear. She's like, "You're supposed to wait ten seconds." <laughs> well, You're making I, me sound a lot nicer than I am. <laughs> well, this is jolly, Sarah. It's around yeah, the holidays. No, no, this is a holiday. This is she's as good in a as a good gets. mood. Mm-hmm. 
I'm afraid of Sarah. <laughs> Help me. How dare you? <laughs> you know, think of Greta and uh. then think of Sarah. Have you ever <laughs> seen them at a party at the same place? Mm. Have you ever seen them at a party? Period. No. Well, there you uh, go. No. Uh-uh. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Hang out with too many 16-year-olds uh, from Europe. Uh, at parties? parties? Yeah. Yeah, it's really? usually I try to. There was this great guy I could have introduced you to, but he just hung himself, uh, and he had all oh. of the connections. <laughs> he did to the great sixteen-year-old parties. He yeah, did, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have uh, we have Mike Lee coming up in just a second. I, I sure want to happy about that. <laughs> he's like, this was a mistake. Um, let me uh, let me play Ben Sass uh, and his testimony yesterday. This is with Horowitz. The IG, the inspector general for the Justice Department, who was looking into what is the FBI doing? How's this FISA thing working? And listen to this exchange. Uh, Mr. Horwitz, thank you for being here and to all of your team. You've done important work, so thank you to all of you and uh, rows one and two as well. Um, there's, there are a number of things that are really troubling, but some of them have been unpacked pretty fully so far. So I'm going to pick up some loose ends. Mm -hmm. um, Bruce Orr. Who is he, and what's his role at the department? And then let's ask some questions about the bizarre pathway by which he became involved in this investigation. So at the time of these events, he was an associate deputy attorney general and the head of the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force, working out of the deputy attorney general's office. The Organized Crime and Drug Enforcement Task Force. And that's Correct. connected to election interference by the Russians how? Uh, it is not. What the hell's he doing here? That was precisely the concern which mm -hmm. is, that we lay out here. Um, he had no role um, in any of the election interference matters. Um, it, it, we have a bunch of people in the media who wanted to read this as a Rorschach test, and they wanted to have a predetermined answer for exactly how to interpret each piece of this. And so as the chairman began today, he said, you know, uh, predicate of investigation, appropriate, but some minor mistakes and errors were made. You've outlined in this 478 or 434, depending on whether we count all the Roman numerals, uh, page report, 17 significant errors in this investigation. Uh, Bruce Orr, who has a very significant senior role, ODAG, for those who don't know, the Office of the Deputy Attorney General, has primary oversight of all law enforcement agencies in America. So if you're in the FBI and you might make a mistake in your investigation, the people you'd be in trouble with normally are in the deputy attorney general's office. Mm. And here's a guy in the deputy attorney general's office who ultimately gets involved, inserts himself into this investigation. And I think it's pretty important to recognize we've got a massive cultural systemic failure. If a guy from ODAG who should be doing oversight of this case, if he weren't off on another assignment about organized crime and drug trafficking, um, if he were going to get involved in this, he should be checking the work of the people who were doing the work. And there are a whole bunch of department protocols and provisions that were violated throughout this. But Bruce Orr, he ultimately decides to get extra information out of Christopher Steele after Christopher Steele or his employer, Fusion GPS, had been listen cut to. off by the FBI. Why did the FBI decide to no longer listen to Christopher Steele? So he was closed in November of 2016 after the FBI learned of his disclosure to Mother Jones magazine that he had been working with the FBI uh, previously. 
And uh, we know from the evidence that Senator Cruz went through, um, there were a whole bunch of subsources that Christopher Steele was summarizing, and the FBI at that point was believing he might be a credible guy. Uh, and they ultimately realized that this is a bunch of BS, and his subsources are saying, I said some of this in jest, and some of it's stuff that I overheard in a bar. None of it is information that I had firsthand knowledge of. And so the FBI decides reasonably listen, that listen. Mr. Steele's information isn't credible, right? So they cut him off. Actually, let me just be clear. That, that isn't what caused them to cut him off. What caused them to cut him off is they learned he had talked to the press in Mother Jones magazine. They actually had that other information and didn't tell anybody about it. Okay, so, <laughs> what you, so you're disagreeing with me only to say the problems with Mr. Steele are twice as bad as I summarized. I'm, I'm just saying it's, that isn't why they cut him off, okay. right? That's the concern is that so they... So then Bruce Orr, who doesn't have any responsibilities in this area, decides he'll insert himself into the investigation and go get additional information from or about Christopher Steele and the people who are funding Christopher Steele. Can you just remind us, who's Bruce Orr married to? Um, Bruce Orr's spouse, Nellie Orr, had formerly been, an in, at the time he started interacting in November 2016 with Steele, had, had been a former con independent contractor for Fusion GPS. So in other words, Bruce Orr decides to insert himself into an investigation after the professional agents involved in this investigation said, Mr. Steele isn't reputable, isn't credible, and has been talking to the media. So we're now not going to talk to Christopher Steele anymore. Bruce Orr says, actually, I should. And he meets with these people who are funding or who are the employers of Christopher Steele or own his dossier, who's also Bruce Orr's wife's source of compensation. Had been. Had been. As okay. of, I think, September 2016, she had no longer been an independent contractor. Um, and I want to also, I think it's important to be clear, because this is relevant, again, to the significance of some of the uh, inappropriate actions here. The FBI was not a reluctant participant <laughs> in this relationship that was the conduit from Bruce Orr, through Bruce Orr, to Steele, as we lay out here. So okay. I just want to be clear. They're not... <laughs> saying we don't want to deal with him, yeah. they're saying, oh, yeah, call. essentially, if you have something, we would love to hear from you. Stop. I want to just. Is that a problem? Because this is only one of the problems. That's the first one he concentrated on, Ben Sass. Is that a problem that the, that the FBI says, no, we can't talk to him, but only because he's talking to the press, not because they know the information he has given them is inaccurate. They know it, and they don't get him rid of, get rid of him for that. They get rid of him because he's talking to the press. Then they say, hey, by the way, and I know we're not supposed to be talking to him, but if you get any information from him, just pass it on through to us. This is the least of the problems. How, 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 how comfortable are you on this? Mike Lee goes into it with us. In just a few minutes, stand by. Next. You're listening <sighs> to Glenn Beck. Times are changing, and these days it seems like they can change a lot faster than they used to. We live in a country where right beneath our very noses, a significant percentage of people that we have elected to protect our freedoms are trying desperately to trample on them. This, this hearing yesterday with the IG shows that there is no Fourth Amendment anymore. None. And it used to be if you were a prepper type, you were brave, bracing yourself against a natural disaster or any, you know, kind of foreign invasion, which seemed crazy, nuclear war. But the sad reality is if you're a prepper, you're prepping against the whims of your own government. 
just in case. I mean, look at what's happening in Virginia with guns. The people are rising up in record numbers, and you're not seeing anything about it in the news. Right now, save $70 on a two-week food kit with guaranteed two-day delivery at preparewithglenn.com. The offer is its not going to last, but here's the good news. If you don't think you can afford to prepare, My Patriot Supply has payment plans and options that will fit any budget. So don't wait. Get ahead of any kind of chaos for any reason. Preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. Coming up, we go deeper into this bizarre case of the FISA warrant. Uh, Mike Lee is coming on with us next. Go to blazetv.com. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks. I want you to listen to um, yesterday. This is Ben Sass apologizing to Mike Lee. Listen. I want to just say that I wish Mike Lee weren't sitting here two people away from me right now, because as a national security hawk, I have argued with Mike Lee in the four and a half or five years that I've been in the Senate that stuff just like this couldn't possibly happen at the FBI and at the Department of Justice. So as somebody who is embarrassed on behalf of the FBI about your report, because I believe that it is critically important that we have the FISA statute, I think the FISC is an incredibly important court. The approval rating of applications that come before the FISC are off the charts. I don't know the current numbers, but a couple years ago when I saw them, I think it was 97.9%. Is that, is that a fair? I think it was the last number I saw was roughly 98%. Okay, so a 98% approval rating of applications applications that come before the FISC. Why would it be that high, people would normally say? And I'm, I'm not asking you to answer that. I'm saying that the good answer is, in an ex parte, I'm not an attorney, but an ex parte proceeding before the court, when you, the American citizen, who might be being surveilled or be suspected of something that would open a surveillance uh, warrant against you, the assumption would be, if you can't be there to defend yourself, it's because the department's lawyers are so super scrupulous that if there's any information that might exonerate you or that might counteract the view that led them to first pursue a theory of the case that had them wanting to surveil you, they would say the bar is so high here, we'll always err on the side of privacy unless we believe there's a good reason to pursue this investigation. And so Mike Lee has warned me for four and a half years, the potential for abuse in this space is terrible, and I constantly defended the integrity and the professionalism of the Bureau and of the Department that you couldn't have something like this happen. Let's move on from Bruce Orr. Mike Lee is here. I don't want to talk about the conversation Conversations that you and Ben Sass had, but uh, I know you're not happy that he had to say that or felt compelled to say, crap, I was wrong. Mike was right. This is not good for America, Mike, at all. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, yesterday was a big day for the American people, a big win. It was a huge loss for the deep state. You're exactly right. I'm not happy that he had to say that. He was nonetheless uh, better late than never that we have an acknowledgement of the fact that we've got a big big problem. By the way, Ben Sass offered to buy me a drink in the same context. And he said, if Mike Lee were a drinking man, I, I'd love to take him out and buy him drinks over this. Mike, um, I don't think you're going to need any help with uh, whiskey if things continue to go down as fast as they are in Washington. Um, the, uh, uh, the press is making this into no big deal. Um, uh, forget about the impeachment. Forget about everything else. 
This, the Fourth Amendment, is gone. And, and everyone who said, we can't have these secret courts because it, they will abuse it, that's exactly what they're doing. My question to you is, why did the uh, inspector general come out and say that these were uh, inaccuracies? They weren't. They forged documents. This is, yeah. this is as bad as it can get. Why no, didn't they say it that way? It it really is bad. And, you know, uh, what, what this tells us is something very significant. Faced with the facts in this report, the supporters of the spying that occurred on the Trump campaign must admit first either that these FBI agents purposely used the power of the federal government to wage a political war against a presidential candidate they despised, or that these agents were so incompetent that they somehow allowed a two-bit foreign political operative to weaponize the FISA program into a spying operation on a rival political campaign. Neither conclusion is acceptable. Neither one of these can simply be tolerated by the American people, not for another day. Now, for years, as Ben Sass alluded to, I've raised concerns that this FISA process is ripe for not just abuse like this, but abuse that is this, that's exactly like this, Uh, only to be told, just trust us. Don't worry, we've got safeguards in place. Don't worry, we've got really good people and internal procedures. But the finding contained in the IG report really does prove my point, and they can't get around that. So, Mike, I personally think the, the, the entire FISA court should be closed until we know what's going on. And I know that's dangerous for the country, they will say. But this is more dangerous if we don't get this right. As Ben said yesterday in his testimony, when this gets sophisticated, this was a this was a shoddy attempt. Um, you know, Russia was was clunky, and when it gets sophisticated, we're all in real trouble as American citizens. All of us, if they'll do this to uh, to a case where they know they're going to be investigated, why don't we shut the FISA court down right now until we get? Until we know. Well, th- th- this is what caused me yesterday at the hearing to raise the question of whether it's time for us to suspend the FISA program altogether or, or at least to undertake a major overhaul and perhaps suspend it while we overhaul it. Uh, look, those who argue the other side of this will always say, well, you've got to balance your privacy against your security. And if you give people too much privacy, if you focus too much on things like the Fourth Amendment, you know, that pesky constitutional issue, uh, then, then we will have diminished security. But you know what, Glenn? Our privacy is not at odds with our security. Our privacy is part of our security. We are not truly secure unless the Fourth Amendment is honored. We have sown into the seeds of our law. We've sown seeds into our law that, that will bring about the destruction of the Fourth Amendment if we allow this to continue. It already has. I mean, this is the destruction of the Fourth Amendment. This case, as you said, is not like what you warned might happen. It's exactly what you warned will happen, and it's it's exactly as everyone outlined. Um, and it's it, even worse than that when you consider the fact that this was a presidential campaign. Yes. These guys knew they were up against a formidable foe. They put some of their best people up on it. What about the cases where the president of the United States or the future president of the United States is not on the target list? What about the average American citizen out there 
who's being surveilled and doesn't know about it and won't ever find out about it. it. That person, too, needs to be stood up for. And that's why this is so much worse even than this appears on its face. And Carter Page, he wrote an, an op-ed yesterday, I think. Um, he, his life has been ruined. His name is ruined. You know, he's he will ever forever be under suspicion in the minds of a lot of people as working with uh, the Russians. And and they forged documents to make a FISA court think that he might be. This is what happens when you stand up to the deep state. This is what happens when you've got people inside the government who operate these levers of government control who text things to each other, like, we've got to make sure that this guy is an elected president, and we've got to have an insurance policy. We can't take the risk that the American people would be so foolish as to elect someone we don't like. This is the sort of thing that happens. We've known that this was in human nature. Uh, Federalist 51 tells us that this sort of thing will happen. Madison meant it when he said if men were angels, they wouldn't need a government. If we had angels to run our government, we wouldn't need rules for government. But we're not angels. We don't have access to angels. And so we got to have rules. We have to stick by those rules. We have to enforce them. And our laws can't allow them to be circumvented. So, Mike, um, I heard this morning, and I keep hearing back and forth, I heard this morning that the Senate is now thinking that they're not going to call any witnesses. They're just going to move past and just, prevent, uh, just uh, present documents that uh, will move this impeachment forward. Mike, if we are to save the republic... All of this must come out full light of day and people must be held accountable for all of it or we will have no trust in any justice system. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point, and that's probably what's going to end up happening in the Senate trial. A lot of that is going to be left to the discretion of the president's very capable legal team headed by White House counsel Pat Cipollone, in whom I have a lot of confidence. He's prepared to go to trial, if necessary, tomorrow. If the impeachment uh, articles were to come over to us tomorrow, he'd be ready to go. I hear, and, uh, I hear both sides. I hear that uh, sometimes uh, yesterday, I think it was the Trump uh, legal team wanted a full open trial with lots of witnesses. Then the day before, I heard that it was uh, McConnell that wanted that and Trump didn't. Wait, what's the truth? What what do people what, which way are we headed? A full open yeah. trial that will really expose this? Um, you know, I, I want to be very careful that I, I not okay. speak for anyone other than myself. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you from my vantage point, I can see some advantage in doing a full trial because they haven't had an opportunity to call the witnesses they'd like to call, to cross-examine the witnesses they'd like to cross-examine in the House of Representatives. And that could be helpful to inform the public and bring the public along. The White House uh, counsel's office and the president's defense team will have to make a judgment call uh, as we're going through the process uh, about what to do and we get to a situation where if they believe they've got 51 votes to end the proceedings, uh, whether they pull that lever. Uh, I'm here to support them regardless of what they do, but there's a part of me that would very much like to see a full trial for the very reasons you, you're describing. Why explain to me a legal reason why you would just want this just quickly brushed under the rug and not expose all that has happened? Uh, it's a, a very simple legal calculation. And again, I, I, I'm not saying this is the right thing to do, but if one were to reach that conclusion, if one were making that argument, what one might say was, at any moment, if you believe you've got the case won, if you believe you've got 51 votes, 
to end the proceedings, it, it might be tempting to pull that lever, even though there are additional gains that can be achieved by having a full trial. My late father was a lawyer. He died about 24 years ago, but he used to tell me when you've won your case in court, you sit down and you don't say another word uh, lest you up, upturn the victory you've just achieved. And so that would be the strategy there. But again, there are other considerations here, including the fact that the American people need to hear the whole story. That's why I'm very sympathetic to the view that maybe we ought to just have a full-blown trial. You know, and Mike, I have to tell you, um, uh, you know, there's a way of talking to Donald Trump that he relates to and understands. And uh, only he uh, could take this on, make sure American eyeballs are watching it, uh, and he is in the unique position of truly draining the swamp. He becomes one of the greatest presidents in history just based on this one thing. If he exposes the media in this trial, if he exposes the deep state in this trial, if he exposes the DOJ and the way they have used FISA courts, only Donald Trump has been given this opportunity to turn this dirty system inside out. And quite honestly, I don't believe the Democrats survive a, a five or ten year period after he does that. I think they go the way of the Whigs after he exposes what they have done. Yeah, that is uh, an outstanding argument and one that I need to communicate to the president next time I talk to him. I, I, I know he's being very well advised on this. Uh, I talk to him on a regular basis. His, uh, his attorney uh, talks to him um, many times a day, and I know he's being briefed on those very arguments. But you raise a very good point for the simple reason that I, I think we are well past the point where we can be quite assured they don't have a good case against him. We're going to win this. Yes. He's not going to be removed. So as no. long as that's the case, let's turn it into an educational tool. And let, and and let him drain the swamp. Do that. Let him be the guy who will forever be remembered as setting this corruption uh, in, its, in its place and, and shutting this corruption down at the highest levels, exposing it. This is what people... Everybody I talked to that voted for him, they all said, I just, you know, the system is so far broken, he'll just go in and burn the whole thing down. I thought that was a bad idea at the time, but I see what they're talking about, and that's what his voters want right now. They want him to burn the infection out, and this is the vehicle to do it. Yeah, the American people are starting to see what he saw from the beginning yes. and what they and what the people intuitively know, which is that there American is. voters for too long have been asked to put too much faith an almost religious amount of faith in government. Yes, that's not how it's supposed to work. Yes. We put too much faith and therefore too much discretion. It's been weaponized against us. We've got to expose it for what it is. Mike, we're praying for a Christmas miracle. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. God bless. Uh, Senator Mike Lee. I mean, I, I just we need to figure out what's next because I mean, this the FISA thing obviously isn't working. I mean, this is this is a disaster. I keep coming back to the idea that I just hope and pray that it was political bias because if this is the way they do every one of these things, you're in trouble. We are in serious trouble. Serious trouble. All right, simply safe. If I could put a uh, burglar alarm around uh, the Constitution, Whew. you know, and all of the uh, all of the amendments, it would be going off all the time.
all the time. The things that you hold sacred are being stolen from you. The things that you hold of value also can be lost, especially this time of year, unless you protect your home. And the best way to do it was with a Simply Safe security system. They're giving you a huge discount on the system and a free security camera. So if there is a break-in, Simply Safe can give you real-time video confirmation so the police respond on average three and a half times faster. That's like you know, 45 minutes to seven minutes. No contracts, no hidden fees or fine print. The, the prices are fair and honest. It's $15 a month. Just go to simplysafebeck.com right now. Take advantage of this security camera and huge holiday savings. Simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know, there are people that want us to remain in teams, and it is the most dangerous thing we can do. Uh, it's because we play teams now, the press is not covering what the IG actually reported. And it's dangerous to all of us, including members of the press. In fact, maybe more so, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, and, and they know it. Nadler wants us to stay in a team. Because, this, listen to what he said right before Clinton's impeachment. Uh, there must never be a narrowly voted impeachment or an impeachment substantially supported by one of our major political parties and largely opposed by the other. Such an impeachment would lack the legitimacy and produce divisiveness and bitterness in our politics for years to come. That's and Jerry it, Nadler, 1998. And it did. And this one is going to do it as well. Now, here's Jerry Nadler saying, we must impeach, and it's going to be straight party lines. Mm -hmm. Straight party lines. What's that going to do to us? You're listening to Glenn Beck. I uh, I sat with uh, Stephen Crowder just the other day. We talked about this uh, in a private conversation, and uh, it is it's terrifying. Uh, you don't know what the new rules are at YouTube. You only find out if you violate them. Um, all right, let me tell you a little bit about uh, no safe spaces. This is something that is so important for you to go and see. I can't no, wait to see this one. No safe spaces. You can go to no safe spaces dot com. Click theater to find a theater near you. Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla are exposing the attack on free speech and free thought. It began in universities. It's now affecting our workplace, uh, social media. This is what this is what Stephen Crowder is talking about. Uh, Jordan Peterson is in this. Ben Shapiro is in this. And Coulter. It's a must see with your family. NoSafeSpaces.com. Click the theater button to find a theater near you. The Founding Fathers put freedom of speech first for a reason. We must teach this to our children. Go see NoSafeSpaces.com. That's NoSafeSpaces.com.
fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Steven Crowder yesterday on Blaze TV had a pretty strong warning uh, for all Americans. There was a purge at YouTube yesterday. I think there's another purge still to come. Does anybody like the idea of a purge? Doesn't that sound a little autocratic, a little like uh, Russia? The YouTube purge that happened yesterday. We'll talk to you about that and what it means to your freedom of speech in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Christmas is on the way, and of course that means good food, lots of cheer, time spent with the people we love. There's only a couple of weeks left, and Chamonix Christmas and holiday sale is going on, so it's a great uh, gift. Plus, time's running out on the best promotion of the year from Chamonix. Don't wait to order. Uh, they've got the double chin, the, the turkey neck. They're going to take care of that for you. You don't need that anymore. And by the time the relatives arrive, uh, GenuCell can take care of all of these problems for you. GenuCell bro- uh, Breakthrough Jawline Treatment uses MDL technology to fix the problem. From now until Christmas, get the classic GenuCell for eye bags and puffiness absolutely free. Plus, GenuCell's immediate effects for results in just 12 hours. You're going to look a lot younger. Do you not believe that? Well, I can understand the skepticism. Luckily, they've got a 100% money-back guarantee, so you don't have to worry about it. Give it a shot. Uh, They also will be partnering with Women Rising uh, to give the exact package you get to a woman seeking support and assistance from domestic violence. It's a really cool program they do around the holidays. Give them a call, 800-577-8709 or GenuCell.com. Your order today includes GenuCell's anti-wrinkle treatment, and you'll be upgraded to priority shipping for free. Order now, and they're going to give you a surprise luxury stocking stuffer as well, just in time for Christmas Day. It's 800-577-8709, 800-577-8709, or go to GenuCell.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. You know, there are certain steps. There are certain steps that have to be taken um, if you want to recover from a sickness, especially a, a sickness like alcoholism. And you have to go through some really bad times. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I don't know what your bottom is, but I'm afraid of America's bottom. I really am. I'm afraid that until we lose everything, we won't wake up. I got a a note in yesterday from a very good friend of mine who I had to fire six years ago. He said, Glenn, how time flies when you're having fun. It was six years ago this past Monday that I began my trip home from the studios in Dallas to my beloved Long Island home. That, that, that was also the 50th anniversary of Kennedy's assassination. I left the parking garage of my apartment in Dallas a scant half mile from where he was shot. Little did I know at the time, but the old me was about to die and be reborn in many profound ways. I have no idea how I would make the 1,500-mile journey home because the day I left your employ until the day I left that garage, I had been drinking 24-7. Those four months were the darkest of my life. Everything about my life was a lie, and it all came crashing down around me since I lost my last shred of identity, a working professional helping grow an amazing business. (sighs) 
this is a good friend of mine who just all of a sudden didn't make any sense anymore. And I suspected, but he wouldn't admit, and, um, and it killed me to let him go. And I thought, there goes a friendship I'll never see again, never repair again. And we've become good friends again. Because he was restored to sanity. But he had to have the final push. And things are falling down in your life. And you don't see them necessarily as good things. He writes to me about how someone told him about this this uh, old Chinese tale of the old frontiersman that his horse got loose and ran off to the uh, Hu territory beyond the Great Wall. And the tribes were hostile towards the Chinese, so everybody assumed the horse was as good as lost. And the horses are very valuable to the people who are living in the frontier. So this was a huge financial setback. And when people would visit this frontiersman, they would express their sympathy. But the father of the guy who lost the horse didn't. He just said, who says this can't be some sort of a blessing? Months later, the horse comes back to the stable with a companion, a really beautiful horse uh, of, of, a, of a who breed. And it was it, as if this frontiersman's wealth had suddenly doubled and everybody came to him and marveled at his luck and they congratulated him. But his father didn't have any emotion. He just says, who says this can't be some sort of misfortune? So his son took, takes the new horse out for a ride and um, an accident occurs and he falls from the horse and he breaks his leg. Again, the sympathetic townspeople come and say, oh my gosh, you had such good fortune and now look at this. This is such bad fortune. And his father comes to again and says, who says this can't be some sort of a blessing? A year later, the Who people amass and they cross the border into China and everybody who was able-bodied had to go and take up arms in defense and fierce battles ensued heavy casualties nine out of the ten men in this guy's uh you know little town died but he didn't because he couldn't go to war because of his leg he survived the war we are perce- we are perceiving troubles as terrible misfortunes and then we're looking at things that could be terrible misfortunes and we are looking at them as great fortunes this trump thing yesterday with the with fisa this is this is a great fortune coming our way finding out this bad news is a great fortune if we decide to do anything about it But I'm telling you, more and more, I am losing more and more faith in our Senate, in our House, in our administration, in the Justice Department, in the FBI, in the Supreme Court, in all branches of this government. 
because they're not doing the things they must do. The media is lost. It is lost. It is beyond not doing its job. It has become truly, truly. And if you don't see this, then you are not looking at things with fair eyes. They have become an enemy of the Constitution. So we have we have the Constitution, the Fourth Amendment yesterday in the IG report was exposed as being worthless, worthless. That's everything about who you are and your right to privacy and your right not to be spied on and all of it, everything that we deem fair and just, all of that was proven to be gone yesterday. And most of the press didn't even take the time to notice. CNN didn't even really cover it. And that doesn't even take into account the loss of your right to privacy with these giant corporations taking your information. They know more about you than you do, and you don't have a right to look at it or to see how it's even being used or sold. I am telling you, mark my words. By the time this next president's term is over, if not within a few years, two years after the conversation will turn to, do you even have free will or are you always being manipulated? I think it will happen in the next term. Because of the information that these corporations have on you. And what they can manipulate, what they can twist, and the Constitution does not protect you. It only protects you from government manipulation. But we are all yawning at the government manipulation. An FBI um, agent and lawyer took an email and changed the email 180 degrees. One that exonerated the person, changed a line, and put that person into his trouble. Changed the line saying... No, he, he is an informant that works for us with Russia, uh, with Russia uh, operatives, and he is working for us to find information on Russia. The lawyer came in and took that and changed it to, he is not an operative, he has nothing to do with us. You, you that, that's not an inaccuracy. That's a setup. That's a lie. That's This is what was his name? Edmund Dumas? The 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 guy who's just trying to do right and he thinks the police are his friends literally Friends grew up together, but his friend has a different agenda and sends him away. 
and he has no trial, he doesn't even know what he's done wrong. We're there. I want to play quickly something that Steven Crowder said on Blaze TV yesterday. And I'm 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 warning you, listen, please, listen. No one in the media is really looking at this the right way. Steven and I had a conversation. I went over to his studios uh what, two days ago, and we sat down for probably forty five minutes in a private conversation. And I know Steven. He's not afraid of, you know, really anything. He is gravely concerned, not just about his voice being lost, but your voice being lost. Listen. The YouTube purge is happening. Let me say that. This is something a lot of people have talked about for a while, December 10th, December 11th, some new policies coming down the pike. Um, A lot of people have been concerned, ourselves included. It is happening. What we do know, um, the severity of it is, I believe, more significant than most people have been led to believe. Uh, I believe that many of you will be affected by it. Okay? We do know that this YouTube purge, this new policy, new community guidelines, you know, YouTube's been talking about these new anti-harassment, these new guidelines for several months now. Um, specific, specifically, YouTube, uh, sorry, YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki did mention that these will be occurring in response to the controversy that was generated by this channel um, over the summer. And uh, certainly not sorry for the content that we've created and that you've come to enjoy. Um, I don't apologize for that, but uh, obviously my heart goes out to if there are any future uh, conservatives or, or future independent voices who are affected because some people got their feelings hurt. We will not be silenced. We will not bend to either the left or the right. We will not bend to fascism. We will not bend to communism. We will not bend to the threat of a purge. That word doesn't even belong in American government or American business uh, uh, lexicon. A free speech purge? Never in my life did I think that would happen. More in a minute. Okay, I have some uh, bad news for vegans. Most of us still love to eat meat. Uh, and uh, when it can be really, really, really tender, oh, you can't stop some of us. I want you to go to omahasteaks.com and enter the promo code back and order the favorite gift package. Now, this is going to be something that, I mean, even vegans are going to go. Mm, it does smell good. Uh, do you still have a problem with the smell of steak and how it smells good? No. Really? Never. Mm, I don't think so. Not that I can think of. Mm. I mean, uh, it, you know, it's the... It doesn't it? smell good. Like I, like, I can smell alcohol, a good glass of wine, and mm-hmm. go, I don't want to drink it, but wow, that smells well, good. Well, you do want to drink it, but you don't. Yeah, well, yes. You stop yourself yes. from yes. drinking it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, look, the, uh, the it's, it's 
I mean, you know, a good barbecue outside. I oh, mean, it's, it smells, it smells amazing. Yeah. All right. So filet mignon, you can get four six ounce bacon wrapped filet, the most tender steak in the world. You get four premium pork chops, four Omaha steak burgers, four perfectly brown potatoes au gratin, four made from scratch caramel apple tartlets, and Omaha's uh, signature seasoning package, plus a free six-piece cutlery set and a cutting board, and you get it for sixty nine ninety nine. It's perfect for Christmas. Go to uh, go to omahasteaks.com, go to the favorite gift package, plus you'll get the free six-piece cutlery set, again, for sixty nine ninety nine. Uh, just type in the name Beck in the search board. board. Uh, make sure you go to the search bar and type in the word Beck because that's the way you're going to find this deal. It's omahasteaks.com. omahasteaks.com. Type in Beck in the search bar. 10 seconds. Station ID. Can I ask you, why is... Why is CNN running the impeachment uh, debate in the House panel? Why are we covering this uh, without commercials on CNN and full? How is this news? I mean, it is interesting, but you know what they're going to say. They're not going to present anything new. It's not like a hearing. It's just the debate. So they're not going to present anything new. Everybody, you know what position they're going to take and you know the outcome where yesterday they were presenting new evidence Mm -hmm. from the IG report. Important new evidence. And they weren't taking it at all. Weren't taking it at all. Is this a real uh, question? (laughs) Like, as as to what's happening here? I I guess you know. I guess it's... uh, No, it's... I mean, it's because they think this hurts Trump. And they thought yesterday benefited Trump. Is there... That's why. Is there no... Is there no true American left anymore? I mean, because I don't, I don't agree with people who are just like, yeah, get them, because they're trying to get Trump. And Trump could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and it'd be okay because of what he's went through. No, it's not. It's not. I'm not with that person. In this particular case, I think it was disturbing um, you know, when he was like, hey, and I don't even think it was disturbing. It was just stupid. It was stupid for him to go, hey, and by the way, can you check in at Joe Biden? Don't do that. What are you doing? Okay. Doesn't but make, there was yeah. nothing illegal and there was nothing wrong with it. Uh, and when you find out the real story behind it, it was absolutely in our national interest, period. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think any of us would have a question that the Bidens should be looked into. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the how you go about that is important. Obviously, like, you know, the president should, you know, be cognizant of the way these things turn out and how it would look. And and, you know, and then that's not just us saying like, oh, well, the the PR, he's got to watch his PR. No, I mean, like it's in the, you know, it's in the government guide of ethics that you're not supposed to right. you, to make have it look like the there's appearance. even an appearance of it, which is what, one of the big reasons that Joe Biden screwed up. I mean, he yeah. clearly violated yeah. the government code of ethics for employees. Um, but I think here, you know, you have a situation where looking into these things is completely justified. Uh, you know, you just don't you want to do those things in a way that's not going to cause you the least amount of problems. And I, that's certainly not the way this was approached. Right. And so I have no problem looking into when they were looking into Russia. I want to know, yeah, did he totally. collude? And if he would have colluded, I would have been for his impeachment. He didn't collude. Did did um, he 
do something in uh, Ukraine that was only in his self-interest? No. But I would like to turn over every stone, but they won't turn over every stone. They're only turning over half of it. Now, yesterday, you had an independent, you had the inspector general's report. And if it would have been bad for Trump, they would have covered it nonstop. nonstop. And they did cover the one sentence in the report yeah. where it looked like they no that wasn't good for Trump. Right. They covered that like they, crazy. They didn't cover the other 473 pages. Of right. It. And that are disturbing and not even for Donald Trump, but for you, the American people. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, this movie, uh, Richard Jewell, is coming out in the next uh, week or two. Have you seen how the press is handling that? Yeah, and they're that they're only pissed off about the one journalist, you know. Yeah. Not, but I mean, like, here's a guy who did nothing wrong, who same was a regular person, not like you know the president of the United States who was railroaded by authorities in this very similar way, and you know that was going on then. You kind of thought it was the exception, but I mean, if they would do it to a president of the United States, when everybody knows this is going to be looked at afterwards what kind what of, are they doing to the regular person what are they doing to richard jules of the world what kind of tool after obama used the irs and they get away with this what kind of tools will be in their hand mm-hmm. that they will not care about you're listening to glenn beck it's not the president it is is about you Running a business is uh, being asked to juggle a bunch of flaming bowling pins and uh, and oh by the way you've never done that before Oh, and sometimes it also is you're you're juggling fla- uh, uh, bowling pins that are on fire and somebody's throwing darts at you. The point is, if you have a company and you don't know your numbers because you're juggling flaming bowling pins, you don't know your business. You need something easy. You need a dashboard, something that can unite all of the departments under one software program. So they're talking to each other, feeding each other the valuable data that is so vital to make any kind of decision. This system, this dashboard, is NetSuite by Oracle. It is a cloud-based business management software that gives you the visibility and the control that you need to grow. You can manage sales, finance, accounting, orders, HR, all of it from your desktop or your phone. It's NetSuite. Get a demonstration right now at netsuite.com slash Beck. Your business will prosper with netsuite.com slash Beck. Do it now. So, is Pete Buttigieg not gay enough? Hmm. That's apparently the new woke challenge. we get into that coming up. Uh, welcome to the program. If you're an old Phil Hendry uh, fan, uh, I think I can legitimately introduce my next guest, Brad Palumbo, as gay man, gay journalist. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the program, uh, Brad. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. You're you're the deputy contributors editor of the Washington Examiner. We've had you on. You're very reasonable. And this, I think, is the first time that I think we may have a disagreement on something. Um, you are You are backing the um fairness for all act and for people yeah. i've been watching this for almost a year uh now and uh it to me it's disturbing so tell me your point of view on it and and let people know what it is 
Yeah, look, so my point of the view is that I come I come at this entire debate from the perspective of a person who's a gay libertarian conservative, right? right. So I believe in both uh, gay rights, but I also believe in religious liberty and the First Amendment. So I'm one of these people that's not trying to force Jack Phillips to bake a cake or chase down Christian schools and force them to employ trans people. Yeah. But I also don't think that a corporation like McDonald's should be able to hire some, fire someone just because they're gay, or that a massive apartment complex should be able to evict someone because they're transgender. So that's why I wrote a column in support of the effort from Representative Chris Stewart um, from Utah, uh, Utah's second district, I believe, uh, who's actually a, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which has backed his bill, uh, which essentially the Fairness for All Act, it tries to do the same thing that the Equality Act does, which is update the Civil Rights Act to include protections for gay and transgender people. But importantly, unlike the Equality Act, which crushes religious liberty, it has no exception. This bill has very clear carve-outs, in my opinion, that adequately protect religious liberty, but also would add uh, legal protections for LGBT people. So, Brad, when am I going to get protection for being a conservative, straight, old, white guy? And I, I mean that sincerely. There are many jobs I'm not even considered for. There is no way and that I'm highly qualified for, but there is no way Netflix, Amazon would ever, ever hire me, even though I'd make them a ton of money. But they won't do it because... I don't fit their message. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a difference, uh, to be honest, between someone not hiring a, a person like me or you because we're conservatives. What's the difference? Not hiring be- I think there is a difference. Well, I know. What is it, do you like, think? Well, it's like being gay or transgender is almost a demographic, right? It's not an ideology in the same way. It's like firing. I view it more as like firing someone for being black than firing someone for being Republican. But I do want to say one thing, Glenn, that this bill, the Fairness for All Act, actually would add some protections for people like you. You know, it goes out of its way to block the crazies like Beto O'Rourke and put into law that federal tax exempt status can never be denied due to religious beliefs or practices regarding marriage or sexuality. It also includes specific provisions that prohibit the government from targeting or punishing religious individuals. So this act, actually, I I, I spoke with Representative Chris Stewart about it, and he said that part of his motivation for doing this was that he thinks religious liberty is under attack. And I agree. I agree. So this bill isn't just about LGBT rights. It's also about putting concrete rules for religious liberty in place. Here's my problem, Brad, because I agree with you 100 percent and Chris Stewart um, and the backers of this bill that this does protect religious liberty, but it leaves the door open for everyone else. So, you know, I I appreciate the fact that it is it is um, protecting religious organizations but what about just the idea that uh, I have a, a guy who's running the front desk and my business, you know, is my business. And the guy decides that he's going to be Mary and he comes to work in a dress and he's a big guy and he's and I don't want him at the front desk. Can I fire him? Uh, look, I think if you're running, if you're talking about your church or you're talking about your Christian bakery, then that's one thing and you'd be able to. But in a normal role where somebody um, 
it's just a, a regular business. I don't think you should be able to fire someone because of something like that. Because ultimately, it doesn't relate to the job, and you're firing them. I mean, it's, it's honestly like I, I'm sympathetic to this idea that business owners, you know, I'm, I'm libertarian leaning, should have wide discretion and latitude. But I do believe in the Civil Rights Act. I don't believe that someone's right extends to fire someone to, for being black or fire someone just because they're a woman. And in the same sense, I really don't think that within reasonable exceptions, like this bill lays out, you should be able to fire someone just because you personally disagree with an aspect of who they are. It's, it's, it's interesting, Brad, because I think one of the issues I've heard about this bill, because most, you know, 90 percent of the stuff I think you're saying here, everyone agrees with. Right. Like, I mean, it's it, it's hard it, to argue with. It's ridiculous to throw someone out of their apartment because you don't like in, you know, who, who, you know, who they're interested in. Um, but it, the and you mentioned the cake thing, which is interesting. This has been one of the things I've heard pushback on. And maybe the bill d- deals with this directly in it that does. It, it says uh, a lot of people say, OK, religious liberty sort of ends at the church yes we'll protect you inside your church you can worship however you like this is sort of the left's approach to these issues but when it comes out to you being in the public uh sphere if you believe something that disagrees with these guidelines well you're kind of out of luck does the bill deal with that directly it does it does if i'm if i'm correct brad it does but it's only for companies that have 15 or fewer employees so the cake guy is fine but if I have yeah, more than 15 employees, I'm not fine. The idea is it's really hard to strike the right balance with these things. It's incredibly difficult. Mm. And where do you draw the line? 15, 20, 10. But the idea is that Jack Phillips would be fine, but McDonald's would not be. Right? The, the point is you have to have a line somewhere. And it's also, in terms of the public sphere, this bill also specifically sets up a system in which medical professionals are allowed to not provide certain services as long as they provide uh, I wish you looked at it like this like a, you shouldn't be able if you're a general doctor to, to not give someone their vaccines because they're gay but you shouldn't be forced to give someone trans hormone therapy if you object to that so that mm-hmm. so it basically sets up th- that kind of equal access but they can deny specific services so except, it, it actually sets up in public life except uh, that's, that's what that's we had at the beginning with abortion and now it doesn't matter what your religious belief is I mean, these lines keep getting blurred because we keep making special exceptions. Look, everyone should have exactly the same rights. Everyone. The problem that we we entered into with the civil rights movement is blacks didn't have the same rights. You have to have the same exact right. But you also have to let people be stupid or jerks. You also have to let businesses do what businesses do. Hobby Lobby. If if a bunch of militant uh, transgender decided to go en masse to apply at Hobby Lobby, would Hobby Lobby have to hire them or would they be caught in litigation in any way because they could say they're discriminating? So it actually would depend on how Hobby Lobby is classified, and I don't know that off the top of my head. It's a business. Uh, if they're classified as a religious nonprofit no, or, or a – so if they're just a private business – They're a business. Then, uh, if they're just a private business, then they would, ha- they would be bound by anti-discrimination, anti-discrimination laws. It's interesting because I mean, these are obviously tough d- things to deal with. We know Chris Stewart really well. He's a good friend of the show, and he is someone who's honestly trying to deal with these, with these uh, issues uh, in this bill. But it does. I, I mean, I, I think you could see this, Brad, as well. It does. It, it's going to 
it's going to pop up with some interesting uh, conundrums that are I don't think the bill itself can solve. I mean, you know, the, no. So I, I it's, and the intent behind it is, is, is because worse things are coming down the pike. Yeah. And so this is a way to cut off at the pass, pass this, so worse things don't come down the pike. And I understand that, and I even appreciate that. But that doesn't mean you pass bad legislation to stop worse reg- legislation. So I actually I don't agree with you, Glenn. I get your point, but. Whether I think for the, for the people facing the conservative movement, the trend of public opinion is that if you, we have to pass compromise legislation like this, because if not, we're going to be stuck under the Equality Act a decade from now. When there's a Democrat, next time there's a Democrat Congress, mm-hmm. president, they're going to pass it. We're trending in that way. So honestly, my pitch to social conservatives for this legislation is that we're working with you on this. We want it to be fair. We want it to be balanced. It's very complicated. But we're working to make exceptions. Work with us on this legislation. Let's pass something like this. Because if you don't, unfortunately, the reality is you're going to be stuck under the Equality Act 10 years from now, I would bet. Brad, Brad, I don't want to leave this conversation with you thinking anything other than I really respect you. I respect you for coming on uh, and debating this with me. And we're on different ends of the uh, of the argument on this one. But I'd like to continue this conversation because maybe I'm just missing something. Um, but uh, as a libertarian, I don't like special rights ever for anyone. Um, it, it is, it just, it shouldn't be that way. You have a right to live your life. And I mean that as transgender. And I mean that as a straight white man, you have a right to rule your life, to be stupid, to be different, to be whatever it is. You are, you have that right. No special rights for anybody. No special rights. Um, um, can we get one quick comment out of Brad, though, before you leave? Yeah. I'm, I'm concerned, Brad, um, that the left is noticing that Pete Buttigieg is not gay enough. Oh, and is there an appropriate yeah. amount of gay that Pete should be? Do you have any perspective on this? Look, I don't like Pete. He represents none of my policy <laughs> I don't think he's moderate in the slightest. No. But I will say that the, the woke left makes him look good when they launch this ridiculous attacks against him. You know, it's the true. latest one that I think you're referencing is the BuzzFeed News article yeah. mm-hmm. that said queer people can never be released until we no longer live in a country powered by capitalism. And he, it's basically the article criticizes Pete Buttigieg because he gets ahead by acting like a normal person, pretty much. And I, and I'm just <laughs> God forbid he is really a normal person. The bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the point of the article seems to be, well, of course, they're accepting Pete Buttigieg because he's acting like them. A, a guy who wears a suit and is all buttoned up and talks about marriage all the time. Well, that's not they're not really accepting us. And, you know, this is what you get if all you do is go after gay marriage. Uh, you know, it's a really I felt it was a really insulting argument to to the average gay person. No, it is insulting. And I have to say that we see these things on BuzzFeed and out in the New Republic yeah. and all these crazy screeds. Those aren't representative of the, the guys I play with on my gay soccer league. Like I'm telling <laughs> you, the average gay person does not think what the crazy woke Internet yeah. people think. All right. Uh, thankfully, Brad, thank you so much for being on the program. Brad Palumbo. He is Washington Examiner dot com. Thanks for being a, a part of the program. I, Thank I, you, Glenn. You bet. Um, I want to say something in full disclosure. Wait for a second, Sarah. Uh, I want to say something in full disclosure here. This um, uh, Fairness for All Act is really being spearheaded by uh, 
my church, the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because they are very, very concerned that the, we're, we are strong on family, strong on marriage, and strong on gender, and we always have been. Um, and uh, they are very concerned about the rights of religious people and religious organizations. And I 100% understand that. And I have met with leaders of my faith on this and talked to them in depth. I disagree with them on this, and I've had to do a lot of praying on this because, you know, you know I respect them. Uh, and uh, I've come to the conclusion through counsel uh, with many of them that um, their calling is their calling. Their calling is to protect the church. My calling is to tell you about what's happening in government and the Constitution. And my calling, uh, my feelings on this is this does not protect the average person. It does protect the churches. And if you want to protect the churches and you believe that working together and holding hands with people um, who are most times shown us to be wildly dishonest and they are progressive, they take progressive steps. This then would only be a progressive measure. I could be wrong on it. Um, but I will tell you that I have talked to members of my own faith in, uh, in all levels of government as well, and attorneys and everything else, and it is split. But I will tell you that I truly, it hurts me to say, because I am somebody who believes in unity. I am somebody who believes in coming together. But I believe this to be the wrong path. Enough said. Now, Sarah. I want to tell you about uh, Rectech. Uh, Rectech is this great grill company that I found. Now, you're not going to find these in Home Depot because if they have them in Home Depot, they're going to cost a lot more money. The reason why Rectech is 80 pounds heavier than its nearest competitor is because all of the money they would have put into, you know, given to Home Depot they've put into the actual grill. So it's really heavy and solid, just rock solid. And it's the, the newest technology. You can start your grill, uh, monitor the temperature from an app on your phone. It's really kind of a community where uh, online, everybody's sharing recipes. It is the future of grilling. I, I really mean that. When you see one of these things, I want you to go to Home Depot. I want you to look at all the others. Just don't buy it. Until you've actually looked at a Rectech, at least look at them online. Uh, even online, you can't tell, but just look at them. When you actually feel one of these things, this ain't going anywhere. It is great. A grill made by grillers for grillers. Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-C, grills.com. That's rectechgrills.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck.
What about what about businesses under this uh, Fairness for All Act? What about businesses like Hooters? Yeah, and if you're hiring a girl in a tank top and she decides to come in the next day as a boy in a tank top, I mean, do you do you get to not let them serve? Or a guy who comes in as a girl in a tank top? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a very difficult. <laughs> Very difficult thing uh, for people to, uh, to to process. I mean, it, they are tough lines. There's no doubt about it. I just correct. I, I get nervous whenever government comes to try to swoop in and save us all. It gets it usually Let gets icky. Local people sort it out. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I mean, I, I, come on. It's like it's a joke. They, they get so fired up about this. It's like, you know, Boris Johnson's doing Love Actually parodies. Everybody does this. I wonder uh, what's going to happen today. We should check in overseas and see how that vote, if they're starting to get any returns yet. Yeah, I don't think that we have any results yet, but I, you know, it could go either way. Deal. It really could go either way. I've heard I good arguments on both sides of yeah. how this could turn out. It's a very big deal. Um, all right, I want to talk to you a little bit about real estate agents I trust. Uh, these are the real estate agents that we have combed the country for. Uh, they show a very high seconds. sense of urgency. My team responds to every inquiry within minutes, not hours. I mean, at least we try, you know, business hours. Uh, Sarah just did this. Uh, um, Sarah um, Gonzalez from the News and Why It Matters. She said it was 8 o'clock, and within 10 minutes, somebody was on the phone going, how can I help you? We really try to find the real estate agents in your area that are not only the best, have the best track record for selling homes uh, and buying the right homes, but also go above and beyond the call. And this is my company, and I urge you, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Well, you know what's really interesting is uh, with all of the news and all of the hype and the the horror show that Donald Trump is, why did the press not make a big deal out of the Senate yesterday confirming an openly gay Trump nominee to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals? Kind of a big deal. Uh, by the way, did not have the uh, the uh, Kamala Harris or Feinstein. Uh, they didn't vote for, vote for him. They they didn't want to. Uh, they never consulted with him. Uh, they say he lacks the knowledge and experience necessary for the Ninth Circuit Court. Really? So you're against? Is it really? Is it that, or are you against a Filipino gay man on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals? We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 83% of us plan on shopping online for holiday gifts this year, but keep in mind the FBI received nearly 300,000 online theft complaints in 2017 alone. That loss was $1.4 billion to the American people. Before you hit that buy button this holiday season, stop to remember that some websites are created by people who just want your credit card data and other personal information. It is really important. You've got to look for that little padlock up at the top of the 
URL and make sure that that URL is whatever company you're really going to to uh, shop at, not one that looks like it, but isn't. Be very, very careful. It's important to understand how cybercrime is affecting our lives. Uh, and identity threats, uh, you know, are just part of it. There's real serious issues. Somebody's identity is stolen every two seconds, and it's not good enough only to be monitoring your credit because you'll miss things. That's why there's LifeLock. They'll detect a wide range of identity threats for things like Social Security, uh, your Social Security number being on uh, for sale on the dark web. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but LifeLock sees the threats that you might miss on your own. So join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or visit LifeLock.com and use the promo code BECK. Promo code BECK at LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Promo code BECK, LifeLock.com. Okay, so uh, this is this is why the Republic or the Democrats do not want Donald Trump to have another term, uh, and they're already talking about it openly. That one more term, and you will have two generations of the court before the progressives can really turn things back around. The court system is being fundamentally changed by Barack Obama. Uh, I'm sorry, by uh, um, Donald Trump. He has added so many judges to the federal courts uh, that it it is fundamentally transforming it. It really is. The Senate yesterday confirmed President Trump's ninth judicial nominee to the liberal Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, elevating Patrick uh, Bumate, an openly gay Filipino man, to the federal bench over the objection of his liberal home state senators. They didn't want him. Uh, He has worked as an assistant U.S. attorney uh, for the Southern District of California. He uh, cleared the Senate by 53-40 party line vote. Uh, He did not have the support from Feinstein or uh, Harris. They say he lacks the knowledge and experience that is necessary for something like this. He has minimal appellate experience. um, But he received qualified ratings from the American Bar Association uh, and that's the association that all the Democrats always say, well, the Bar Association says he's great. Well, they said he was qualified for the job. So what's the problem now? Why isn't this all over the news? I mean, if you really care about fairness, if you really care about gay rights and how society is changing, wouldn't you say, hey, I got I to gotta give this one to Donald Trump? I mean, <laughs> we've been calling him a guy who hates gays, but... He just appointed a gay man, openly gay man, to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Guess we were wrong on that one. Yeah, and beyond that, I mean, he's been nominating really good judges across the board, really? and not just from the perspective as you might, you know, expect that we like conservatives. Um, you know, and that's been he's been pretty solid on that. But I mean, beyond that, just people who are highly qualified. I thought this was fascinating, and I had not heard this anywhere else. Uh, through the first two years of his presidency. A higher percentage of judges nominated by President Trump received well-qualified ratings from the American Bar Association than any recent president except for George W. Bush. As of, one, uh, as of last week, President Trump's 2019 nominees have continued this trend. Um, president Obama has nominated a large number of highly qualified jurists, uh, 
uh, as well. Um, a higher percentage, um, however, for Trump on well-qualified jurists. Um, so you're talking about uh, 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 like these are people that you know. You kind of get this idea that Trump is like, oh, he's just you know, you know he talked you know famously about appointing his sister, who actually is qualified but mm-hmm. way too liberal um to to these high level courts they've gone through and they've said now that um a majority of president trump's judicial nominees have rece- received well qualified ratings from the aba and it's not a con- conservative organization obviously 80 percent of circuit court nominees and 62 percent of district court nominees if anything this understates the relative qualifications of trump's judicial picks as there are reasons to doubt the aba's assessment of conservative nominees Indeed, multiple peer review studies have found that the ABA evaluates Republican nominees more critically than Democratic nominees with sure. equivalent experience, um, which is not a huge surprise. Um, uh, but they are, you know, they're now saying that not only is Trump nominating pretty good conservatives, but very highly qualified legal minds uh, to go and take these roles. Something that you would not have expected if you watch the uh, if you watch the media. It's just you know he's naming whoever you know whoever he feels like it, and these are all radical. Basically, he's a bunch of pastors. Uh, yeah. who, <laughs> it is you know it, this is this is directly due to uh, Ted Cruz and Mike Lee. Those two are really the two that are guiding this this whole uh, federal judge appointment. The system and along with the federalist society as well yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean there's lots of people mm-hmm. involved but in the senate yeah it's those guys who are really guiding this thing and uh i've talked to several of them you know not just those guys but in other organizations that are are saying the same thing they all say the same thing y- you you don't have any idea america has no idea how good donald trump has been for the court system that we have a real shot because it's not just the Supreme Court. It is also the federal judges. If you can give him another term on federal judges and they are this good, you have a chance that justice can be done under the Constitution. And I would say this is his cell, right? I mean, this, the cell for t- 2020 Donald Trump is judges plus economy, right? Those yes. two things together are usually enough to win an election. Um, if you have judges that are going to get your base um, motivated, you know, the, the fact that they're going back to the Constitution, which is something I think kind of a nice idea. It's a quaint idea to maybe occasionally respect the Constitution. And you add on to that an economy that's still strong. I mean, the Fed came out uh, two days ago and said they're not going to be lowering rates uh, because they still think the economy is is strong. As you point out, there are always risks there and, and uh, there's reasons to be nervous, um, but Still, I mean, you know, we've we've had a good run here, mm-hmm. and we were seeing economic numbers, uh, you know, with minority groups, unemployment, all over all over the place that you know are exceeding any level we've seen in sometimes in some cases fifty years. So is that? I mean, you know, they're going to try impeachment because they don't really know how to attack an a, pres- a president like this. They have to make it about personality. They have to make it about this guy's shady or whatever they want to do because going on the basic merits of a normal election are not going to work particularly well because he, you know, the, the structure we're there relative, is okay. We're at relative peace compared to where we've been. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean in the uh, last 20 years, uh, you know, it's I mean, not, is a big, is a, another big chunk big of deal. Yeah. Uh, so relative peace, relative prosperity, although everything is on the edge, relative prosperity, 
uh, and uh, jobs. Jobs are f- fantastic, best than in, in any time in my lifetime. So what do you do if you're what the do Democrats? You do? I mean, you got to yell. You, you know, you certainly yeah, you, you got to make you, it about something else. You, you throw, you know, you, you tell everybody about Greta and how bad the climate is. Right. You say how mean Donald Trump is. You talk about, you know, you talk about Russia and you talk about Ukraine. You, all these things. I mean, I mean, the idea that the two thousand a presidential election in the United States is going to turn on corruption in the Ukraine. I mean, most people could not come within a thousand miles of where Ukraine is on a map. <laughs> I mean, if you if you go to the average person in a mall, uh, which, by the way, there are none left and there's no one in them. But if you happen to find someone walking past a mall and you gave them a map of the world with no labels, are they within a thousand miles of Ukraine if you ask them to name it? No, probably not. No. Um, Let me change uh, subjects here. Transgender New York Times writer has slammed conservatives for not understanding Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as the queerest holiday special ever. Uh, I will tell you that Rudolph, every year I watch it uh, with the family, and every year it gets worse for me. Every year I'm like, this is really sick. Santa is a jerk. He is a jerk in that one. He is a jerk. It's a non-canon Santa, I would say. It's a big (laughs) time non-canon. Okay, so, and I have to give this writer of the New York Times credit. Hermie the Elf is clearly gay. Now, at no point does uh, why would you why would you believe that? Glenn? I just why, if you were looking inside yourself, why would you believe that? Are all dentists gay? Is that what you're trying to say? No, it's just the way it's just the it's just the, it's not the way he dresses because he dresses like everybody else. He does. It's not the way he looks because he looks like everybody else. It's just the way he's like. I want to be a dentist. Okay, I mm-hmm. all right. Okay, kiss a girl. Go ahead. I. Kiss a girl. Can you kiss a girl, or I do you want to kiss the other elves? My guess is the dentists do pretty well with the ladies. It's a good gig. It's a good stable job. So and... it's just maybe it's just me and my family, but we look at Hermie and we're like, I mean, he was clearly. And you gay. accept him for that, right? I totally accept okay. him for that. I don't good. mind gay dentists because I mean, or the gay other, elves. I will say the uh, North Pole not so accepting. Not so Santa, accepting. Yeah, not so accepting. Not at all. Uh, but but uh, Rudolph is not gay. Rudolph is just <laughs> in a very bad family yeah his uh, his parents aren't so great in that one either if mom I remember is right. okay but she doesn't say anything she should say to her husband shut, shut the up. hell up yeah dad's just like you know the the typical like little league f- father that's yelling at his children yeah and then and then the little league coach is like okay all right now kids uh, we're not gonna play any games with that freak over there yeah it's it i mean it's and they're bad. really overt about it yeah i mean it's one thing if you kind of like i don't know guys a little yeah. weird you know they're just like announcing to the whole class oh you can't do this you've got a red nose. <laughs> right. It's like, wait. Like, they are. We're not going to play with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're really, yeah, it's yeah, really right. bad. Okay. Okay. So then they also say uh, that there is a whole island. The reason why it's the queerest holiday special ever is because there's a whole island of outcasts. Well, it has nothing to do with. It's not like we have. I mean, have we ever in American history <laughs> mm-hmm. ever sent gay people to an island? I mean, not that they, you know, they, they've all, you know, not that they've gone, I want to go to the island for the, you know, for the weekend and come mm-hmm. back. I mean, sure. Have we ever, have you ever in history I mean, heard of gay islands? N- I, I, have- you, I don't mean to sound like, you know, because that would be an upgrade from what usually happened back in the old days. I just kill him. He's gay. Yeah, that, that was, there was a time, unfortunately. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, we, you know, 
we locked up Japanese people, but I don't yeah, remember the don't gay remember islands. the gay thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, right now, I mean, if they were all terrorists or, or Islamists, we do have the island of outcasts. It's called Guantanamo. <laughs> so not could not be, usually having anything to do, to do with, with gay. preferences. Yeah. And, you know, just because you're a squirt gun that shoots jelly or a cowboy that rides an ostrich or a Charlie in the box, it doesn't. <laughs> it's a solid Charlie in the box. <laughs> yeah. uh... Nobody wants a Charlie in the box. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, so mean. It it's really is. so mean. It's bullying culture, I think, yeah, is the is. real issue there. And what's the deal with the lion? Every year I go and fly around the world to find toys that no child loves. Stop by the North Pole, why don't you? You're flying. You're a flying lion. Mm -hmm. You don't think Santa... Look at him. Look at the size of him and then look at the fat elf. You don't think Santa's going to listen to the flying lion? Hey, Santa, why don't you try to drop these off from time to time? I think the lion is the problem he likes having a whole island of misfit toys mm. he likes it gives him power it's like a you think it's an epstein situation or what, what what's what's going on there no I mean, he just got his own have, island no he's it's just, almost the same story no he's like arafat you can't make it you can't make it without me mm. ah charlie in the box you know who it is that damn santa those damn kids that's what it is he just, there's a tax involved. I don't know what it is mm-hmm. on the island, but I guarantee you there is a tax, and it's an oppressive tax on Charlie in the Boxes. I don't think you want to know what it is, to be frank. Who's Frank? Christmas time filled with surprises. Sometimes they're good, sometimes not so good. <laughs> like if your personal information gets exposed uh, because of your online activities. In case you didn't already know, Here's what Charlie is doing in the box. He's a cyber criminal. I'm accessing your personal information because you rejected me. If you're on public Wi-Fi, you need multiple layers of protection for the ever-evolving threats to your connected devices and online privacy. A new Norton 360 membership provides those layers of protection with a VPN device security and a password manager. Norton 360, easy-to-use solution with real-time threat protection against the existing and emerging malware threats to your devices. Now, it helps you protect private and financial information when you go online. It lets you browse anonymously and securely with a no-log VPN. That's bank-grade encryption that keeps all of the information you send and receive, like logins and passwords, secure and private. Now, nobody can prevent all all cybercrime, but the new Norton 360 is a powerful ally for cybersecurity during the holidays and beyond. Give the gift of up to 50% off an annual subscription on your first year at Norton.com slash Beck. Norton.com slash Beck. Terms do apply. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. So uh, there is a, a new a new app that is out, and it's called uh, The Chosen, right? It's The Chosen app. I have to tell you, I started watching this uh, a few weeks ago. It is the largest um, crowdfunded, right? crowdfunded yeah. series ever done. Um, the 
the director and the and the producer, the idea guy behind this, thought we'll do it on on um, uh, crowdfunding, and he thought maybe they'd get you know maybe ten thousand dollars or whatever. Nineteen million dollars later, they have the money to produce a really, really good series about the life of Christ. And it's, I think he has seven seasons that he is planning on unveiling. There's one season already. You just go and download the app, The Chosen, and it's all in normal, you know, language, today's language. Um, the people, what I love is the people aren't all wearing white and, and it's pristine. It. It, just in the very first episode in five minutes, you will start to smell what it must have smelled like back then. I mean, you auto- automatically are like, ooh, oh, that's what it was really like. Um, and they are great characters. Uh, you will see all of the characters around Christ and how they got there um, before he shows up. And then when he shows up, the impact that he made, it's really, really an accessible series and really, really well done. You'll really, uh, I think you'll love this. Uh, And they've done it so it's free to you. Somebody else is paid for your first episode um, and you can then pass it on. You don't have to. You could watch all the episodes and never pay a dime. But they ask that if you like it and you want to pass it on to a friend, just make a donation. Um, and I buy this series. I mean, this is a series that I'd easily, you know, w- what is a series of 10 usually cost at Apple? Like 20, 20 or 30 bucks. To 20 or 30 HD, bucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd easily spend that on this. This is a really good series and something that would be good to watch. I think there are eight episodes out. The first season is out. Eight or 10 episodes. Uh, the first season is out. And um uh, and it takes you through the New Testament. And um, it'd be something great for the family to watch while you're on vacation together. Uh, I really like it. Just go to the App Store and just get the Chosen app, uh, and you could start watching it right now. Really good. We have the guy whose idea this was and the director, and he's actually uh, comes from a famous family. And we'll talk to him coming up in uh, in just a second. Okay, so America's favorite Christmas film. What is it? I have uh, three movies I watch every year. Yes. Christmas Vacation. <laughs> yes. Not on, the, not on the top five. No? Yeah. Elf. Surprisingly not on the top five. Wow. Yeah. And A Christmas Story. Uh, number one. All right. Number okay. one. Number right. one. Uh, I would have said It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Uh, and A Christmas Story. A uh, Wonderful Life is number three. Number two is A Charlie Brown Christmas, which... Well, I, I mean, I like it. I do see it every year, too. Yeah, but I, I do. Um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is number four. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's one we watch every Thanksgiving. That is... It's a Thanksgiving movie, not a Christmas really movie. really is. It's a Thanksgiving. Uh, but it still works at Christmas, but I just I just love it. And Home Alone is number five. Uh-huh. Elf isn't even on the top that's five. That's surprising. Shocking. Yeah, I feel like that that's is... the, the, the most recent classic. He was so good in that. So good. I mean, he was perfect just perfect as an elf um so uh we'll talk about that probably a little later uh next week when we get uh, when we get closer because i have a few problems with holiday movies yeah surprise surprise you're the grinch no i'm just a truth teller
The Grinch American too, Financing Corporation, <laughs> NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I am going to take it to the top of Mount Crumpet to dump it. But uh, who plays your landlord's mortgage? You do. Rent payments are so high, you're probably paying for his kid to go to college as well. Now, it, uh, it may feel difficult to be able to save up all the money, especially when you're trying to buy a home for the down payment. But there are options out there that help you get into a home for less. And right now, I want you to take 10 minutes out of your day and call American Financing. 10 minutes is all it takes. Their salary-based mortgage consultants will walk you through what you qualify for and what your best options are. They're not going to pressure you. They're not going to charge you some fee to get qualified like some lenders do. And I personally think rents are going to go through the roof in the coming years. Uh, American Financing, a company that is dedicated to making the entire mortgage process easier. They work for you. Take 10 minutes and find out. Assess your financial situation with American Financing. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. Glenn, Stephen Crowder, Mark Levin, uh, many, many more available at blazetv.com. You can use the promo code Glenn, get access to all their stuff for 10 bucks off. Dallas Jenkins is um, the son of the Left Behind author, Jerry Jenkins, who the Left Behind series was so game-changing for so many people. First of all, how's your dad? He's great and uh, said to say hi. I know you had him on several years ago. Yeah, I love him. I just love him. Um, You have done all kinds of films. You have, you know, you've worked for all the, you know, big-name companies producing films. I think 17 films under your belt. Somewhere in that neighborhood, yes. Yeah. And this one is different. This is yeah. the, it may not be the first crowdfunded, but it's the largest crowdfunded uh, movie or series. Yeah. Media project, yes. Yeah, ever online. Yeah. Tell me about what it is and how it started. Well, first of all, I want to say I've been, for over a year and a half, been saying, I got to get this to Glenn Beck somehow because <laughs> I, I think this whole thing is right up your alley because it's disruptive. And that's something that I think you set a good example for yeah, with, with this you. whole thing, the show yeah. and the, the network and all that. That's what we're trying to do. The Chosen is the first ever multi-season series about the life of Christ. So there's been movies, there's been miniseries, but there's never actually been a multi-season show where you can take the time to get to know the characters, to get to know the stories, dig deeper into the backstories of these stories from the Gospels. And it started from a short film that I did for my church's Christmas Eve service. 20-minute short film, that's all it was intended to be, was for my church. And very long story short, it ended up going on on social media, went viral, and became the tool that inspired people to want to raise over, we ended up getting over $10 million from over 19,000 people around the world. You know what's amazing? I've only seen uh, seen one episode so far, but it is, uh, I'm always skeptical of Jesus films and all of that. Yeah. And I can yeah. tell that because that's, this is the opposite of right. all those. This is, this is real. It's digestible. It's, um, it's not cheesy at all. You know, right. it's one of those things where I could watch it with a friend who's not a Jesus right. person and right. they'd go, that was really good. Yeah. 
And that, that's because it was inspired by shows that I love to watch. So I binge watch shows of my wife all the time. And I've always said that the stories of the Gospels deserve a great, great storytelling. I mean, yeah. and yet, so I've seen every Jesus movie done. Some of them are good. Some of them are not great. They all tend to be pretty formal. There tends to be this emotional distance between the viewer and Jesus, mm-hmm. partially because these stories tend to go from miracle to miracle, Bible verse to Bible verse. You never get a chance to engage with the people that Jesus encountered. And then quite frankly, a lot of times the performances are so stiff and formal, you kind of wonder what made Jesus so charismatic that so many people followed him. Right. They seem to miss out on right. the, the joy, the, the humor, no doubt, the charisma that Jesus had to have for that many people to want to follow right. him. I love the old Jesus movies because he always had a British accent, too. <laughs> yes, he's very yeah, so Long like, hair, blue eyed, British accent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Should we have fish tonight? Yes, and they spoke in King James <laughs> English. It never <laughs> yeah. seemed to make sense. I'm like, that's not a yeah, guy I, I would really be excited right, about. Right, right. So um, tell me about the storyline. Yeah. So we start with some of the main characters. I don't like to call them characters. They're people. But we went and chose some of the people in the Gospels who had a really interesting arc, the kind of story that could sustain itself over the course of several seasons. So we've got Matthew, the tax collector, someone who was hated by the Jews for betraying his people by being a tax collector, disrespected by the Romans for being Jewish. Got Nicodemus, a guy who was a top religious leader who yet never really came publicly out to as a follower of Christ. Uh, Simon Peter, his brother Andrew, we see these people before they encountered Christ. And I think that's what makes the show a little bit different is that you're seeing them before they encountered Christ. And we believe, I think this is one of our mottos, if you can see Jesus through the eyes of those who actually met him, you can be impacted in the same way they were. And there's someone, including Mary Magdalene, you know, who on one end of the spectrum was demon-possessed before she encountered Christ, to Nicodemus, a religious leader. There's someone for the viewer to identify with. And so when Jesus comes into the picture— there's it's the the encounters are that much more impactful and emotional. I don't know who can relate to the demon possessed, but maybe you run in different. <laughs> I personally can't, but people so that somebody everybody can relate. <laughs> right. to. Well, but they can relate to the pain. Yes. and again, it's not glossed over. It's not a show that it's it's not like when I was growing up in Sunday school, for example, we were taught about Jesus on flanographs, and he was this you know dressed in blue and everything was pretty, and right away, right off the bat in this episode, episode one, and throughout this first season, we, we get right into the dirt. I mean, we, we want you to feel like you can smell the dust in the yeah. air. It should feel real. It, it has always driven me nuts that, I mean, the last color Jesus probably would have worn is white. Right. Because it would always look dirty, you know? <laughs> right. and yeah, nobody fashion ever, sense. Right. Nobody yeah. ever looks dirty in anything. Right. And you... What the smell must have been like right. back at the time, what people looked like back at the time, it's just not, it's not real. And they were desperate. Uh, the Jewish people at that time were so oppressed and had been for centuries that their desperation for the Messiah was palpable. It was daily. I mean, they were, they were literally every day wondering when they were going to get respite and rescue. And that's what Jesus came into was, we, we call this the before, and Jesus comes into the before even today. And that's what we're, that's, I think, what this show is about. It's about the before. And so we introduce you to characters and people who, including miracle recipients throughout other episodes, such as the leper who was healed by Jesus or the paralytic who was lowered through the roof. When we portray these miracles, we're showing you not only the miracle itself, but the impact the miracle Mm -hmm. had. And that's something that I think is oftentimes missing that we're really trying to capture. 
So did you use, uh, I mean, the only real um, historic account of Jesus, if you dismiss the Bible and all of that stuff, the only one outside observer um, would be Josephus in in antiquities, Jewish antiquities. And he describes Christ as uh, one of these rebels that came down and so there were lots of people that were living in the hills claiming to be the Messiah right. at the time. Do you address any of that? Yeah. So, in fact, right off the bat with episode one, we talk about the Romans and Nicodemus, the Pharisee. There was kind of this you know, unspoken connection between uh, the Romans and the religious leaders because they were both trying to get peace. They both wanted peace. They wanted behavior. And there were preachers around that time being they – were, they were – there were crazy people. And that's why even when John the Baptist came along, people were dismissing him as he's yet another person trying to upset the apple cart. Mm-hmm. When Jesus came along this time, claiming to be the son of God and then actually performing miracles. That's when things started to get different. That's when right. eyebrows started to get raised and the people really started to congregate around Jesus because John the Baptist had been arising some, some support. And then he handed off the baton and said, this is the guy, this mm-hmm. is the guy you've been waiting for. He's not the fake one. He's the real one. And it scared a lot of people, but it also excited a lot of people. So what Jesus brought, I mean, you mentioned it, uh, you know, he was a bit of a rebel. That's, again, what kind of we're attempting to capture in the show. And then that's the whole point of the show and how it was financed, how we're distributing it, the whole thing. So talk, talk, to off about, of, yeah. talk to me about that, because I remember when we started this network, it was us and Major League Baseball. Right. And I think, I think HBO started right after us. Right. There was nothing right. online. We had buffering speed problems. Right. Um, and now the world has changed. Right. Uh, this could not have been made even 10 years ago. Right. It wouldn't have been shown anywhere. Right. We wouldn't have had any place to, to watch it. Right. So what does it mean to, uh, to filmmakers, to storytellers, to the audience what you've done to disrupt? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. We are, you know, there's a verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 43, 19 says, behold, I am doing a new thing. And that's also a motto for mm. us is the way it was financed is new. Not, not that we're the first crowdfunded, but we're the number one highest crowdfunded. Mm-hmm. Uh, the content is new. It's the first ever multi-season show. Uh, the app that this is on now, uh, we have an app. It's called The Chosen. It's aptly named. And if you download the app, it's free. It's easy to do. It's the first ever app that allows you to watch a show on any one of your devices without a subscription. So if you have a Roku, Apple TV, Fire Stick, Chromecast, anything, you can literally click the button on your phone, essentially hijack that device, and Mm -hmm. you could be watching the show within minutes with Mm -hmm. no subscription. Mm -hmm. doesn't cost anything. And so... And then you you have, what, five episodes out? How do you... Are you going to make all of them free, or do you... Yeah, so the first eight episodes, the complete season one, mm-hmm. is now there on the app. And it's a long story of how people around the world can watch it, because you may, you may have discovered this uh, because you're a streaming network too, but around the world, every time someone streams an episode of our show, we yep. have to pay for it. It's not free. Right. <laughs> so, we, so if we just all of a sudden made it completely free around the world uh, you know, today... 
um, we would lose millions of dollars. Oh yeah, it, streaming cut. People don't understand. Right. People don't know that. It's I didn't know that. Re- I do. <laughs> it's really expensive. Right. That's why people are like, don't give the subscription to everybody. Right. Because the more you're pumping out, more people watching, the more ex- the, it becomes very expensive quickly. Right. So, but but our investors and our viewers who've seen the episodes and have freaked out about them, their most common comment is, "How do we get this to others? We they want this to go to the world." So we've told them, if you want this around the world, you're going to have to help us. And so when people buy an episode or, or watch an episode, I shouldn't say buy, when they watch an episode, we tell them this was paid for you by someone else. And that person can then choose to pay it forward. So we've got this pay it forward idea where viewers can help people around the world see this for free. And so when they do that, when they're supporting the show by by purchasing episodes for others, they're also allowing us to do future episodes and seasons. How many seasons do you have in your head? Seven or eight, probably. I mean, we want wow. to tell the story. So, I mean, and, and it sounds crazy. We're, we, we believe that over the course of the next six, seven years, we're going to need to raise about $100 million. And that sounds ridiculous, but... No, if it's, if it's as good as it appears to be in the first season, right. and you can keep this pace, I don't think that's Well, the first season, based on a short film I did for my church that I shot, it was about the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds, and I shot it on my friend's farm in Illinois. Raised $10 million from 19,000 people. It seems like, again, the, like you said, the pacing is such that we can pull this off. Yeah, so yeah. I just got tired of, of waiting for Hollywood to lower its scepter to allow me into their hallowed halls. I mean, I don't have to anymore. I've, yeah, you, do, you can just go directly to the people. No, I remember two, three years ago even, I went to Hollywood to pitch uh, and... Uh, went to Amazon and everybody else. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, the, those gates were still there. Right. Those gates aren't here anymore. Right. And you had a lot to do with breaking that down. So I've, I, you know, I really appreciate that because I think you had this attitude of, I want to be able to say what I want. Yeah. I want to be able to do it in the way that I want. So I'm just going to, and it's, it's, it starts off rough. There's growing pains for sure. <laughs> I don't know if you know about that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and we were on the, not the leading edge. We were on the bleeding edge. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, you, you opened the doors for a lot of people, and that's what we're hoping to do as well. But for now, we're just concentrating on getting this show to as many people around the world as possible. And we're figuring out along the way, how can we do that without going bankrupt? Uh, and we've found that people, when they see the show, are so hungry for it. And they, the comment we get over and over and over and again is, I've, I, I've never seen anything like this. In fact, Johnny Erickson Tata, who's a well-known author and speaker, she said, thank you for telling the old, old story, which is a phrase from a hymn, in an impossibly fresh way. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most meaningful compliments I've ever received because I've heard these stories hundreds of times. And I want, I'm not changing them, but I do want to tell them in a way that feels fresh and that feels like for people especially who maybe haven't grown up in church, but who can see these stories and feel like, that's a Jesus I would want to know. Mm-hmm. These are people I would want to know. Mm-hmm. This is a story I want to watch, uh, and there's not much out there. Uh, you know, you got shows like Game of Thrones, Stranger Things, all these shows that people binge watch. We wanted something that people could have watch parties for and binge watch about Christ. And I uh, think that's great. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the Apple App Store right now, and I want you to download the Chosen app. Uh, it's free. You can download it right now. You'll be watching the episodes after this show is over. Uh, you can watch the episode. Others, you know, that might be, you know, wanting to watch it right now, you'll be able to watch it in about a minute. Yes. So it's The Chosen, and you'll find that in the App Store. Download it and support. Thank you so much. Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate it. You had me on. 
you really have to make it to the third episode when you you see Christ. I think it's second or third episode with children. It is first of all, he doesn't look like the Christ that like everybody always shows. Um, uh, but when you see him with children, you're like, that is absolutely the way he would be. Absolutely the way he would be. It's just such a great series. Check it out with your family, The Chosen. All right. Um, clock is ticking. Christmas a couple of weeks away. You still have a little shopping to do. Uh, probably for that one person that you have absolutely no idea what to get them. Uh, now, you could get them the X chair. But maybe not. Maybe not. You never know. Christmas is about surprises. Anyway, um, they will be very, very happy. Uh, plus, you can sit in it when they're not around. It's the X chair. It's really great. Patented dynamic variable lumbar support, 10 settings. The X chair is what those around you need for a comfortable workday. Tanya sits in mine. When she comes to the office, she'll sit in my X chair. And she absolutely loves it. And she was like, uh, hello, Christmas is coming. I'd like one of these. Really great. And thanks to X-Chair's 30-day, no questions asked, guaranteed satisfaction, you have zero risk. Most companies can't make that kind of offer because most companies aren't the X-Chair. So don't settle for less than the best. Get the X-Chair today. X-Chair on sale now for $100 off. Just go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com or call 844-4X-Chair. xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code uh, BECK and you're going to receive a free set of the new X-Wheels with your chair. It's xchairbeck.com. Promo code BECK. So the Space Force is a real thing. Uh, really? Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's it looks like we are moving forward on um, a sixth branch of the U.S. military and it will be the Space Force. And it's its task will be to protect U.S. interest in space, uh, which will mean protect everything from the GPS systems to the space junk that is flying out there at hundreds of miles an hour. I don't, I mean, that's, that's one of the real things. We have to track every piece of junk, every bolt, everything, because you have to know how to navigate through that field because a bolt would go right through the space shuttle. I mean, that's, it's incredible. Uh, and they say it's a long time uh, due, and so I guess we're getting a new space force. <laughs> Nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs>